Good morning church family. I want to start out by saying I am in awe of the goodness and the wisdom of God this week. He had been marinating this message in me since Wednesday, and then Pastor Elijah Kaiser preached, what I believe, was the preparation to this word. What he spoke was an essential word, and a convicting word. Now, if you will allow me, let me write to you a word that will shake us, permanently, out of complacency and allow us to hold fast to the boldness that Pastor Elijah spoke of. I write to you this week not of my own power, but of God's. Because church, the Lord does not tarry for us. You see, several months ago I wrote a two-part post about an encounter that I had with God about how heaven would be full of strangers I had never met if I didn't get my hands into my own, personal harvest to help bring about the collective one. I had asked God to give me a burden back because I realized the longer I had walked with God, the less I was intentional about walking alongside the people in the world. I was a silent witness, but I was not an intentional witness. If people asked me questions, I would answer, but I didn't want to be the one to question them. And for the longest time, it felt like enough. But church, it is not enough at all. As I've said before, enough is simply as much or as many as required there is no numerical value associated with that word. So here's the thing, it is impossible to witness enough or outreach enough because who are we to say that God is done reaching people? Even as many as the Lord our God shall call, the Word says. Let me share with you a conversation I had with a good friend of mine. We were talking about revelation and outreach, and honestly venting our frustrations surrounding how we're supposed to have those conversations. It got brought up that every generation has to have a first-generation experience, and I asked the question, I wonder if that's why everyone always preaches that God is going to come in their generation, but He keeps not coming. And she responded back with something I wasn't really expecting. I heard somebody say one time that it's our prayers that keep God from coming. And when we give up, so will God basically. Let that sink into your spirit for a minute. What if not just our prayers, but our intentional outreach, church, were the only thing that stood between mankind and the wrath of God? What if the weight of the whole world rested on our ability to push through the veil of fear and indecision surrounding knowing what to say? What if the salvation of the dozens of people that are closest to us relied on our determination to break through our put-together lives so that we could get messy with them for the glory of God? It says in His Word that where there are no oxen the barn is clean. Where is our oxen church? Where are our fields ripe with grain? waiting to be plucked out of their disasters. We have got to understand that it is not just our responsibility to reach them, it is our sole command from the Lord. We are to go out, and preach, and disciple. Period. Not, if it's comfortable. Not if it's easy. Not if you feel called. Not once you get to know them better. Not if you find the time. Once we are filled with His Spirit, He takes care of us. Now God is simply asking us to take care of them. Do we know what an honor it is? because humanity waited on God for thousands of years, but what if God now waits on humanity for a few thousand or a few hundred more? God looks down at us church and sees our brokenness for the hearts of the people He has not had the chance to reach. God looks at us not just praying, or warring but reaching with urgency for the us as we all were before we came to the truth. He looks at us crying out to Him to give us just one more day to reach them. He looks at us, as He looked at Abraham, and He regards our prayer and He says, even if it's just for one more, I will wait. I will give you the chance to bring them. Because Abraham interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah and for Lot, and God stayed his anger because of Abraham's compassion. Where, church is our compassion? Where, church, are the needs? Let me tell you Israel was never in more danger than when they began to get comfortable in His presence. His presence is supposed to change us, but we need to remember that His presence is supposed to challenge us too. His presence should challenge us to reach for just one more person with a testimony in the making. 
it should challenge us to continue to seek His kingdom first, to push us to see just how trustworthy He is while we work towards helping someone else rewrite their story. I get so angry at myself sometimes because the truth is we don't have to be eloquent to be an ambassador. We don't even have to have all the facts straight as evidenced by the man in the New Testament that introduced Jesus as the son of Joseph from the town he didn't even grow up in. I know that it says in His Word that He came to give us life, and life more abundantly both here and in the age to come but we have to realize that just basking in His goodness is not enough. At the end of the ages God is going to say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, not because of what we have enjoyed during our lifetime of abundant blessings, but because of the people whose lives we have changed and helped to save right along with us. When did we forget who we were? When did we forget that at one point we needed to be fought for, that we needed to be healed from our traumas and we needed someone to patiently teach us that God could be trusted? We have the opportunity, church, to stand in the gap on earth and look towards heaven and say, God. I am not done fighting yet. And then look down and say, Devil. I'm coming for you and yours. And we get to do all these things because the Lord does not tarry for us. He tarries for them. And it's time we start to live like it.